Welcome to Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson, and I'm joined by MNN's Bill Werner, Tasha Radel, and Mike Grimm. We're going to delve into what's going on in the North Star State. If it matters in Minnesota, we've got it covered. I'm J.W. Cox, filling in this week for Scott Peterson. Coming up, a ray of hope in greater Minnesota in the form of Ronald McDonald House. Sports director Mike Graham joins us with a preview of spring training for the Minnesota Twins. And Capitol reporter Bill Warner has a legislative week in review. But first, this. Terrifying events unfolded this week at Alina's Clinic in Buffalo. At 10.54 a.m., we received a 911 call from a clinic in the, the, uh, sorry, in the 700 block of Crossroads Campus Drive. It appears that it was a lone shooter and that uh, reports have it that he fired numerous shots inside and obviously multiple persons injured. At this time what we know is there was an, an active shooter situation and some improvised explosive devices. They have a suspect in custody. I was able to talk with Mayor Lackemeyer uh, out in Buffalo. We had of course a middle school in the area. She uh, immediately talked about that they were on lockdown and provided security around the area and um, at this time it appears like uh, it was a single individual and um, again too early to tell motives or reasons why. Well, not only do I represent the area, but that particular clinic is the clinic that my son, daughter-in-law, and four grandchildren go to. State Representative Marion O'Neill from nearby Maple Lake. These are my friends, my family. Um, I'm sure that when the names are revealed as to who was injured, I will know them. Um, And, you know, my heart goes out to all of those that were... The recipient of this rage and all that had to respond and um, it's just a terrifying terrifying ordeal that was completely and utterly senseless five people were shot bombs were set off at the buffalo clinic police chief pat budke told reporters at a hastily called news conference the report was that shots had been fired officers responded the shooter had i'm sorry that there were several people injured within the clinic. Uh, Officers responding located multiple victims and also the shooter, a 67-year-old male who was taken into custody. And those officers then immediately began to render aid to the injured. There is no information at this point that leads us to believe that there is any nexus with any type of domestic terrorism. We are very familiar with the suspect. I'm very proud of the men and women of law enforcement that responded to assist with this incident to put themselves in harm's way. Our heart breaks as a community. Uh, This is a day that um, no no community would, no community would want to, to go through. We would not, especially those, those staff uh, that were there, uh, of course those that were injured, the families of those that were injured. Our thoughts and prayers are with them. 
we're family here, and uh, we don't want this to happen to our neighbors and, and our friends. Wright County Sheriff Sean Derringer. We'll identify the suspect as Gregory Paul Ulrich. He's 67 years old. He is from Buffalo. We have had several uh, calls for service regarding Mr. Ulrich dating back to 2003. He's no stranger to law enforcement. During the secondary search, uh, we also found a suspicious package uh, in the corner of the lobby. So we have contacted the uh, Minneapolis bomb squad and they are on scene right now helping us with that. We did receive information that Mr. Ulrich was staying uh, most recently at the Super 8 Motel here in Buffalo. We did send a, a team from my office over there to evacuate the Super 8 Motel. Uh, we did find additional suspicious devices at the Super 8 Motel. It's been evacuated and we've cleared the area. This doesn't happen in Buffalo, Minnesota, right? Mayor Terry Lockemeyer. We gotta be there for these people that are needing us. We gotta reach out and, you know, in this time of COVID, where you can't physically hug someone, we need to reach out by phone and make sure everybody's okay. A former neighbor of Ulrich told the Star Tribune the suspect was addicted to painkillers and was upset that his doctor would not give him high doses. Word came from Alina that the five people shot were all employees of the clinic. One victim, 37-year-old medical assistant Lindsay Overbay, died after surgery at Hennepin County Medical Center. She leaves behind her husband and two children. Three others remain hospitalized following the shootings. One victim was treated and released. Governor Tim Walz ordered flags at half-staff for five days. Thursday morning, one count of second-degree murder, four counts of attempted murder. Charges officially filed against 67-year-old Gregory Ulrich. Wright County Sheriff Derringer credited those inside the Buffalo Clinic with saving even more people from harm. Did an excellent job of barricading uh, themselves into locked offices, closed offices. They were able to grab whatever people they could. Other people ran out uh, of the building, so he might have walked through hallways to an empty building. Uh, but the suspect himself did call 911 and did surrender in the lobby. The sheriff was asked if more should have been done to prevent the violence in the first place. If we're going to push blame, I would like to push blame on Mr. Ulrich, who's responsible for the devastation that happened in our Buffalo community. The suspect that decided to go into a Buffalo clinic to victimize people that are truly trying to help their communities every day when they go to work. But media reports say there were multiple signs well before this week that Ulrich planned harm, including statements in 2018 to an Alina Clinic doctor in Buffalo that resulted in a restraining order. Ulrich indicated he intended to kill people in mass violence that would command the public's attention. J.W. Thank you, Bill. As loved ones and an entire community grapple with what happened and begin to grieve, the heartfelt sympathy of everyone with Minnesota News Network is with them. More Minnesota Matters next. Change a light bulb, save some green. Just replace traditional light bulbs with energy-efficient bulbs and fixtures. If you're like most people, 20% of your home electric bills go directly to lighting. Every light we switch to one bearing the government's Energy Star label uses at least two-thirds less energy than older bulbs. Such a light will save more than $30 in energy costs over its lifetime. Brighten your environmental future from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives. Who are we? We're your neighbors, co-workers, and friends. That's right, we live and work in the community, too. Because of that, we're committed to making sure our electric services stay reliable, affordable, and safe. 
Throughout the state, Minnesota Electric Co-ops work independent of each other, but with the same goal, provide power to Minnesota. You have so many other things to worry about. Your electricity isn't one of them. Minnesota Rural Electric Cooperatives, bringing power to the people of Minnesota. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. The first Ronald McDonald House outside of the Twin Cities Metro is now open. Tasha Radel has more. That's right, JW. The Ronald McDonald House Northland in Duluth began serving families in need this week. Joining me today to talk about how this became a reality is Essentia Health CEO, Dr. David Herman, Amy Ament, Chief Operating Officer for Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest, and Jill Avinocek, President and CEO of Ronald McDonald House Upper Midwest. Dr. Herman, I'm going to start with you today. When did this pipe dream of a Ronald McDonald House in Duluth first begin? Well, I've been involved with Ronald McDonald House Charities for over 20 years down in Rochester, and then on the I'm still on the national board. So when we started talking about building Vision Northland, the new St. Mary's Medical Center, we had a promise that we would make a Ronald McDonald House part of that care. There's tremendous pediatric care that takes place at Essentia Health and in Duluth in general. And we knew that families really need that type of support, that type of service. And we knew that we would be remiss if we did not build a Ronald McDonald House into the plans. As we're moving forward with that, we knew that the facility would be opening in 2023. And the question arose, do we really want to wait that long to open a Ronald McDonald House? So we looked around our existing campus, found space, pulled the team together. And what you're seeing today is the culmination of the efforts to get this started, get this started, open it as quickly as possible. And then as we move to the new facility in Vision Northland, move the house across the street, even closer to where the children will be getting their care. Amy, is there a time limit to how long a family can stay at the Ronald McDonald House? We uh, at Ronald McDonald House serve families as long as they need us. And the, the way that families are served looks different every day. It could be that a family is coming in for a cup of coffee or just some respite. Uh, it could be a nap and a shower or an overnight room. So we have had families utilize services for one day up to two and a half to three years, depending on the care that their child is receiving for their critical in- illness or injury. And Amy, let's say that if all the rooms are full, is there a waiting list or how does that work? Yes, so we do have a waiting list and the way that the families are determined who will utilize overnight rooms each night is um, through the social work team um, with Essentia and the it's the acuity of the patient. So sometimes a family might utilize an overnight room for a couple of nights and then be able to use utilize day space and Um, and somebody else will have the access to the overnight room. But there's always a waiting list so that we can make sure that we are serving as many families as possible. Jill, I know the COVID-19 pandemic has really put volunteering opportunities at Ronald McDonald House on hold, not only here in Minnesota, but really all across the country. Will we see volunteering opportunities open up anytime soon? That's a great question. As we are moving through that pandemic, we see the light at the end of the tunnel. And we are hopeful as a society, we get our vaccinations and can move forward. Um, You know, in the meantime, we have very, very limited volunteer opportunities on site, but off site, if people would like to volunteer and do in-kind drives for us to help provide essential needs for families, that's a wonderful way to volunteer or volunteer by doing a fundraiser to help support 
Ron McDonald House Northland, that is another really good way to volunteer. Honestly, we're really hopeful that by fourth quarter of this year that we'll be able to invite volunteers in uh, to do more with us. Well, we're about out of time, uh, Dr. Herman, uh, but I know it's taken a lot of hard work uh, to get here to this week's opening. It must be an emotional day. You know, having served as a board member, one of the things we start our meetings off with is each house has a journal and the parents of the children and the grandparents write in the journal each time they leave and tell a particular story. And those stories are incredibly moving. And those people stay connected with the Ronald McDonald House literally for the rest of their lives. And so what this means to me is an opportunity for the people in the Northland to have that same type of experience, that same type of support. When you think about it, uh, it's young families that have children. And they're at some of the most vulnerable times of their lives. They're just starting out in their careers, oftentimes have multiple children that still need their care while their one sick child is having difficulty as well. Pulling the resources, the support, the caring, the loving that comes with Ronald McDonald House is incredibly important to any community that cares for children. And I'm just so proud and pleased of all the great work that's gone into this to make this a reality here today. And Jill, I'm guessing this opening is a dream come true for you as well. Yeah, I think that um, we we come into people's lives and when they least expect it, nobody expects to go through any of this. And to be able to provide people with free lodging and food and um, other services at a time that their world is upside down, I think is the least that we can do. And um, as Dr. Herman said, these communities come together, people make friends with each other for life because it's their ability to connect with somebody who's going through the same thing that you are. And I think it has been proven that if parents have the opportunity to be close to their child while they're going through their treatment, they do better. And we also owe that to all the folks that we work with to make sure that outcomes are the best that they can be. Thanks again to all my guests today, Essentia Health CEO, Dr. David Herman, Amy Ament, Chief Operating Officer for Ronald McDonald Charities, Jill Avinocek, President and CEO of Ronald McDonald House Upper Midwest. And for more information on the Ronald McDonald House Northland in Duluth, head online to EssentiaHealth.org. That's EssentiaHealth.org. Back to you, JW. After a short break, Minnesota Matters continues next. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. As COVID-19 numbers continue to ease in Minnesota this week, Republicans kept up their attack on Governor Tim Walz's executive authority seized in reaction to COVID-19. Eminem's Bill Werner joins us with a Capitol update. Well, J.W., Minnesota House Republicans this week joined forces with their colleagues who control the state Senate to push a bill that would repeal the governor's emergency authority to close schools and impose other restrictions on school districts. That measure faces a tough road in the Democrat-controlled Minnesota House. Little Falls Republican Ron Creshaw says they've tried everything. Every time we try to go to a compromise, the governor sets it up in a way that's unrealistic for locals to put their own plans in place. And the Democrats keep using this as uh, a ruse. 
My parents have had it. My school board members have had it. Democrats point out under the governor's order, some districts have been able to reopen schools with appropriate safety precautions. Republicans respond school officials are afraid if they push that issue that the governor will come after them. Minnesota businesses could reopen with no restrictions as long as they have COVID safety plans and the governor could not close them back down again. That under a bill that now awaits a vote in the state Senate after clearing its final committee this week. Melissa Heising with the Minnesota AFL-CIO objects. The bill, as I read it, says that um, there will be no penalties to businesses who violate executive orders. Republican Senator Eric Pratt from Prior Lake responds it does not exempt businesses from OSHA requirements. There is no relaxation of OSHA, which creates a safe workplace for employees. Meanwhile, Republicans in the House tried a more moderate approach than their Senate colleagues. Wilmer Representative Dave Baker proposed a phased reopening of bars, restaurants, fitness facilities, movie theaters, and indoor-outdoor events, with May 1st as a target for dropping all COVID restrictions. Baker called it a concept and roadmap, acknowledging it's not perfect. I need help with DFL input to make it right. Um, It can't get, you know, weighed down by a whole bunch of other things. House Democratic Majority Leader Ryan Winkler says the Republican plan to completely reopen all Minnesota businesses by May 1st is a very good goal, as he puts it. But he says he does not want to create false expectations about the course the pandemic might take. What we're not willing to do is immediately terminate all of the governor's emergency powers and essentially uh, make Minnesota defenseless against COVID-19 without having anything in place to replace them. Republican Representative Baker indicates he would be open to dial-back provisions in case the state is hit with more waves from the pandemic. But he contends it should be in state law agreed on by the legislature rather than through executive orders by the governor. I would be shocked if we don't get a, a good group of DFL members that want to support this kind of an idea. And this week, Senate Republicans took another tack, moving toward a floor vote on a bill that would make it easier for the legislature to end all of the governor's COVID emergency powers, not just those affecting schools or businesses. Republican Senator Dave Osmick from Mound. What's happening right now is the governor unilaterally is making decisions. Instead of allowing a governor's emergency powers to continue until the legislature says no, that bill would require approval of both the House and Senate to extend the emergency powers past 30 days. But Melissa Heising with the Minnesota AFL-CIO says... The legislature has not shown itself to be capable of managing a public health emergency. That bill will face tough opposition in the Democrat-controlled Minnesota House, which so far has upheld the governor's emergency COVID powers. And this week at the Capitol, videos of a concussion, players passing out, a pileup on the basketball court. All released by a citizens group as a committee in the GOP-controlled Senate took testimony on Governor Tim Walz's mask mandate for youth sports. Assistant Health Commissioner Dan Huff responded they are tracking closely with sports associations and... Not heard of any increase of injuries due to masking. But Corey Peterson says his son suffered a concussion because of the mask mandate, which forces hockey players to keep their heads down. We've been training them for years to keep their heads up so they don't end up paralyzed 
And Don Gilman with the group Let Them Play MN told lawmakers the feedback they're getting. 39 players experienced a loss of consciousness. 20 players experienced concussions. 48 respondents reported that their child had to visit an emergency care or a doctor. 18 respondents reported that their child had to visit the emergency room. And JW, the Senate committee did not have a bill before it this week. But it's a reasonable bet that they will before too long. More Minnesota Matters next. As a young teenage boy, I didn't even know what autism was. How do you even spell that? A few years later, I heard that a friend's cousin's son had been diagnosed with autism. I still wasn't sure what that really meant. When I went to college, my roommate's brother had autism. When I moved to the city for work, my best friend called me and told me his son had been diagnosed with autism. We were both in shock. I still remember the day I walked into the house and saw that look on my wife's face. I knew something was wrong. I'll never forget how I felt when she said, our son has autism. Autism is getting closer to home. Today, one in 110 children is diagnosed with autism. That's a 600% increase in the last 20 years. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org. Early diagnosis can make a lifetime of difference. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Minnesota Matters. With a week of cold in the books that we just had, certainly could use some thoughts of spring. And with it, baseball. Eminent Sports Director Mike Grimm previews what to look for from the Minnesota Twins as they get set to open up spring training. JW Twin Slugger Nelson Cruz states simply his return to Minnesota was to win a World Series here. Because I've been there for two years, I know uh, what pieces we need to jump the hump. And, and um, definitely that's one of the keys that we have, you know. At the end of the day, you, you want to have a really good bullpen, starters, you know, uh, and a deep lineup and, and guys who can play defense. So I think adding Simmons and Colome and all those guys at the end, um, it keeps us more balanced. It keeps uh, things to be more consistent through the year. Um, and, and at the end of the day, like I say, um, I trust the team that we have. I trust... The whole, the whole group of coaches and, and staff that we have. Um, and I don't want to be in another place. You know? I want to I wanna do it for the city. I want to do it for the whole organization. Uh, and, and I'm really blessed and glad that God gave me the chance again to play another game, another year and, and with, to be with that, with that organization. You heard him mention Simmons. That slick fielding shortstop, Andrelton Simmons, generally regarded as one of the top defensive players in the game. Simmons also says he chose the Twins because of the ability to be a contender. I was seeing who uh, who was interested in me. Um, that's that's number one. You got to be honest. Like you can't can't go play with somebody that doesn't show appreciation for for what you do. And um, I think the Twins showed that. Um, they also are a team that last couple of years have shown that they they belong in the in the conversation of, of the the best of the best teams because they they've been consistently like winning their, their division or you know like competing for a playoff spot and they've been a team that whenever they came in town the last couple of years have been playing with Anaheim they uh, give us they gave us some headaches. <laughs> So I'm glad I don't have to deal with that right now. Yes, indeed. Cruz says the goal is a ring, and he wants to be the leading man to take the team there. Yeah, no doubt. Um, also, as a player, we understand uh, baseball and any sport is failure and victory. And then once you realize that 
okay, I need to do whatever it takes on my power to help my team win a playoffs. And in this case, uh, go to the World Series and win it, you know. That's the main goal, and that's that should be uh, our mentality all the way around. Um, and, and no doubt, we're going to share that information doing the spin training. Since, since day one, we have to prepare for that. Uh, it's going to be a battle. We know the, the vision is getting stronger. Uh, and, and it's going to be really fun. Uh, at the end of the day, we all play for this. And, and uh, with that mentality, we got to share it, and we got to go out there and, and just perform. And hopefully, uh, we like I said, we all stay healthy and and take just the talent uh, to take over, you know. Cruz says the offseason negotiations as he was a free agent were a bit slow for his taste, but he was always hoping to be back in a Twins uniform. It was difficult. You want to get that done early so you can focus on uh, getting ready for, for the season and spin training. But at the end of the day, like Darryl say, um, we did what we were expecting to do after the season was over last year, and I'm back. I want to. I, I am what I want to be. Uh, I want to be uh, part of the Twins. I want to be part of this uh, amazing organization. Um, we have a great leader on Rocco. Um, great leaders from from that and, and Derek and I mean the whole organization is just first class at uh, all the way around. Uh, I cannot be in better place. Us um, uh, as a team, we look pretty good, you know, uh, down to bottom and pitching wide also uh, extremely well. So um, I'm very confident where we are as a team. Um, I hope we all stay healthy. If that's the case, we have a pretty good chance to, to complete the goal. Um, they have, we haven't missed the last few years when they were serious. Cruz signed a one-year deal with Minnesota, but that doesn't mean he's thinking this is his final year. One was good enough. Uh, like I said, I'm happy where I am. Um, definitely, I'm not thinking about retirement yet. Um, I guess uh, when you think about retirement, it's about ending, you know? And I don't want to put that in my mind going to the season because I understand uh, my team to be able to go where we want to go, I had to do my best. I had to be in my best. I had to be on top of my game. So retirement is not in my mind. Uh, my body feels great. My mind is still good too. So it's no reason. I love the game. Uh, I don't know what else to do. I got some plans after the retirement, but I'm not ready yet. The 41-year-old Cruz says, in fact, he's feeling very healthy and looking forward to another productive season. Once I start playing DH, uh, my legs are more fresh. So I don't have to be running on the outfield. I think that has been key for the last few years, be able to play more games. That's one. Uh, second, I know my body better, so I know what I, what I need to do to stay on the field the daily basis. Um, even the, uh, It's hard to do every day, even it don't matter the UH. age. Um, I do know what I'm supposed to do, like I said. Um, doing a stretch, massage, the workouts, uh, resting, um, we have a great group of guys, uh, trainers and uh, staff, and going through all the way, like I said early, from that, Derek, um, Rocco, he understands uh, the importance of resting, and he knows when to push you. Even as a player, you want to play every day, he knows, and he understands. He's aware of what's going on. And in this NH, we, we most of the players understand what it takes us to be ready for every single game. And I think that's one of the, the key why I be able to stay healthy most of the years. Cruz says he's hoping the 2021 season will be a little bit more back to normal, but he also understands there'll undoubtedly be protocols to follow. It don't matter what type of protocol they give us and what type of 
idea. Don't do this. You know, at the end of the day, you have you have to take responsibility for yourself and the teammate, and think about the others. You know, before you do something, and before you go out, before uh, you put yourself in a situation where everybody can get hurt and the whole thing can get can get uh, damaged for for your decision. So. It's about yourself first, you know. Uh, like I said, it's not about the protocol. I think the protocol will work good if you follow the protocol. And and we all have to uh, be aware of that. And that should be another message that we should spread once we, we start spin training during the season. That's Twins DH Nelson Cruz and new shortstop Andrelton Simmons before that. And JW, as you can hear, both are excited for the 2021 season to be approaching. Back to you. And that'll do it for another edition of Minnesota Matters. I'm Scott Peterson. On behalf of all of us here at MNN, thanks for joining us. And tune in again next week for Minnesota Matters on this MNN station.